If you want to jump right ahead to the interviews, jump to about 18 minutes into the show for the interviews with the pumpkin farmers, and then at about 27 minutes for the interview with pumpkin carver William Wilson. What's up, pumpkin pals slash banana bunch? This is the last week of that, and you know it. I'm back. I brought my pencil. Give me something to write on. Okay, I'm feeling the spirit of the Halloween season. So this week's episode is going to be pumpkin awesome. That's right. I'm way into seasonal swearing. Pump, yeah. I'll be dropping time codes into my intro for the next few weeks to see if anyone likes that. I really want to be able to give everyone immediate access to the things on the show uh, while not sacrificing content for those who listen to all of the show. But, you know, we live in a world dominated by eight second TikToks, so I want to make sure that everyone has the option to skip right to what they want to listen to. I'm a sweetie pie. Point is, don't be alarmed. Maybe I'm also working on having some theme music, kind of waiting on a little approval from one of the artists I've been talking with, but I do feel like a free animal and I feel like it would fit the show's vibe. Who knows, maybe someone won't like it, but that can happen when you try something new. However, for those of you listening, don't ever let that scare you from innovating. Sometimes people just don't love change. Meanwhile, we're moving right along with the review, so thank you all to everyone who's written the show a review or given it a rating. Those reviews and ratings are key to our show's success. Oh, if you haven't yet, I would be thrilled if you could post a rating and a review of the show on Apple Podcasts. If you head over to junglegyms.com slash WJJI, we've got some easy links there for you to save you the hassle of having to click a whole bunch. I know clicking is incredibly difficult and taxing. <laughs> so I'd like to remove as many of those clicks from your life as possible. Also, our form is still there if you want to send in a suggestion to the show. But if that's not your style, you can go ahead and just shoot me an email at podcast at junglegyms.com. Which reminds me, I love your emails. I'm going to read one that came in after I suggested maybe trimming the show's length a little bit based on other feedback I'd gotten. So here we go. Quote, I absolutely love your program. I find it so interesting and do not shorten them. It is so fun to hear the stories and the cultural experiences of others. Love it. Please release the lengthened interview. And that comes from initials CA. I won't read your names on the air unless you explicitly tell me it's okay in your emails. Also, speaking of that lengthened interview, we're all currently sifting through the extended interview between Produce Lord Dave and Jungle. So stay tuned as I will eventually release it. I think there's enough of you that seemed excited about it. And that's really what this is all about, right? Excitement and fun. And listening to me say things like excitement and fun. So what's on the menu this week at the Jungle? A few things. We're gonna kick the show off with some event coverage. My first time doing it on the show, that was a lot of fun. I went up to the Circleville Pumpkin Show last week and I got to briefly chat with a few farmers and some of them were kind enough to give me, we'll call it a hint, as to some of their processes and what it takes to grow these giant, big pumpkins. Now, many were afraid of sharing trade secrets, so please set your expectations accordingly. Then, I'll be joined by pumpkin carver extraordinaire, William E. Wilson of Wicked Designs Carving and Food Network's Outrageous Pumpkins. If you're in our area, you gotta come by the Fairfield store and check out the live carvings he did this week. 
They're conveniently sitting right outside of the WJJI studio, so you can see them on display now thanks to Produce King, AJ, and his team, while also seeing my back as I'm writing these notes about today's shows and probably doing some editing. Feel free to wave or come say hi. You know, knock first, be polite about it. And maybe it'll end up in you being uh, asked to be on the show. And maybe I'll have another surprise for those of you who have subscribed officially to our show. That's in the spirit of the season. Okay, it's a heavy probably. Oh, here's a quick heads up as we get into things. Now, I mentioned this in passing last week, but I have more details out there. We talked a few weeks back about the Sam Adams Utopia beer and how it's highly coveted and all that good stuff, but I've got more details for those of you wanting to get in on buying some of this. So here's the deal. We're going to be doing a raffle here to make you eligible to purchase a bottle of this very special edition, but you have to be a member of our brew crew to be eligible to enter the raffle itself. So I'm going to make it easy for you. If you're interested, because this is the way that you have to buy fancy things these days, buying beer now is the same as buying a PS5, but you're going to head over to junglegyms.com slash sign up to sign up for the brew crew. This is going to keep you all entirely up to date on any of our beer related happenings in the stores and it'll let you know when you can get in on the raffle which starts in november a few things i want to note though of course you must be 21 or older to enter you must have a valid id to purchase your winnings the first week of november we're going to go ahead and send out an email to all brew crew members to enter the raffle for a chance to purchase sam adams utopia so the good news is if you miss it the first time there's a pretty good chance that we're going to send out a follow-up email shortly after to pick up any of you stragglers out there. I think it sounds like fun. I'm super curious to try it myself. So if you signed up for Brew Crew and ultimately end up winning a chance to purchase a bottle of this, you should uh, feel free to come on by the studio and slide me a little sipper of that utopia, huh? Yeah? Great. Thank you. I can actually hear all of you agreeing to do this. All right, one last thing here before I get into the proverbial meal today. Is it cool if I get on my soapbox for a minute? Let me kill the music first. Actually, I guess you don't really have a whole lot of say in it since I can't hear you right now. And as I'm already holding the microphone, let's just jump right into this. I love working at Jungle Gyms. I know it sounds corny to say because, you know, I'm obviously paid to be here, but I mean this very genuinely. I think I've said it before, and I'll probably keep saying it, but I have literally the coolest job ever. As a creative, you you don't really get too many chances in your life. And maybe, you know what? I would say people, people in general don't get too many chances like this in their life to really just shepherd a vision like this with very few rules attached. And that's really the important part to note here. Most companies really just want to find people like me and then just beat them down into a box that they do not fit into. You know, I'm a bigger guy. I'm more of a lounger. So I was like, if anything, if you could just like beat me into one of those, what's the knockoff beanbags that are really popular? I don't know. Get me one of those. I, you know, I'm, I hate being in boxes. And most people, you know, in these kind of positions would look at you and be like, Mark, we love what you do, but please don't do it ever again. But that's not been the case here, and I think that's why I'm bringing all this. It's been really cool to be a newcomer here to the company and, you know, to see all this buzz and fanfare around my job, which, you know, it's fun for me. Even as a guy who, I don't know, I I don't really view myself the same way I think that the audience does. Like, I love that you all treat me as a celebrity here, and I think that's 
super cool, but I'm just, I don't know, I'm usually not one of those guys, right? The point is, it's it's really refreshing to be in a company where the people in charge are are actually looking for your skills and your passions and your strong suits so that you can truly unfurl your wings and succeed because, you know, we're literally here together to succeed with each other. I can tell you the number of times someone I worked with in a professional setting has reached out to me personally and said, hey, Mark, you know what? Your energy seemed a little off today. The vibe is maybe a little bit different. Are you okay? Are you happy at work? Is everything okay at work? Is there anything that we can do to make the work experience better? The number of times is one because it happened last night. You know, that's the kind of people you get to be around here. And I, I really cannot stress how thankful I am for it. I know that some of you are like, oh God, thank God he put the time codes at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> but I did want to take a quick moment to shout out one of my favorite coworkers, Josie. Josie is secretly one of the big brains of this operation. And if I recall her story here, she started in an entry-level position in the company, but quickly became one of the company's heavy hitters. Now, I know some of my friends are probably listening to this like, damn, Mark, that's high praise. Mark only calls someone the brains of the operation if he likes him. And uh, we know this because he's never called us that. But I bring this up because we're getting close to the holidays, right? And some of our teams here could really, really use the help. You know, I know there's this weird undercurrent in the universe right now around like with malaise in regards to the even the idea of employment but as someone who's really spent the last 20 years of his life struggling to make it in the career path that he wanted and now having achieved many of those goals I want to urge you all to take a chance and maybe try something that's not exactly what you wanted look I can think of a lot of friends and I won't name your names here I should though that would be fun I think everyone would enjoy if I just started roasting people but I see it all the time, you know, in the creative space where people are like, well, it's not a video gig, so I'm just not going to take it. Or it's not this creative thing. I'm just not going to do it. But the thing is, that's like not how the world works at all, right? You know, I mean, my last job, for example, I came in as a customer service guy. And then one day they were like, hey, don't you do video? Well, that's what we actually need. So why don't you leave this position and come do this? And it changed the last seven years of my life, right? And like, you got to think about those kinds of things. The, my point is that I cannot overstate enough how likely it is that if you work for a great company, right, and you shine in any position, good employers will take note of this. And I assure you, I have great employers here. So, like, this is me not begging because ultimately it's like that doesn't really directly affect me. But because I'm passionate about this, come join our family. You know, you've already gotten to meet some of the cool managers on this show, and I keep saying it. And I know that acknowledging that I'm being genuine and these are my genuine feelings here might make some of you feel as though it's forced or rehearsed because I think we all know that anyone who has to shout loudly about their qualities likely doesn't actually have them. But the, my, the thing is, I can do whatever I want on this show, and I have chosen to focus on the people I work with because I think they're awesome. You know, if you're looking for employment right now, even if this is not what you wanted to do with your life, I would tell you to seriously consider taking any of the jobs here over the holidays. You know, and this sounds corny, but we work hard. We have fun. But within two months, I legitimately feel like I'm part of a family. You know, and I would assume that you would have that same experience too. And I'm telling you, if you have some passion or skill that's maybe outside the framing of your job, Jungle will smell it. He's like a shark. With regards to hunting talent, just take some of your skills and your talent and your passion and just 
let them bleed into the water a little bit, okay? And then come here and we can have lunch together. It's great. I always make something nice for lunch. I'll probably share it with you unless it's really good. Okay, okay, I'm done. I, and I'm off the soapbox now. I know what you're saying. Let's uh, kiss a little less ass, Mark. But you know what? It's all real, baby. I don't have to kiss ass. I'm already here, so. <laughs> great. Well, now that half of you are coming to work with Christy in the bakery, let's roll on ahead and talk pumpkins, shall we? AJ, it's pumpkin season, baby. You know what that means, right? I actually don't know what it means. I'm just <laughs> saying that's what people say. So I felt like it was a genuine thing to say. Give me an idea. I saw we had a ton of large pumpkins in the store. Uh, yeah. What was that? Can you give me a ballpark idea of what one of the biggest ones you found was? Uh, we got uh, we got an 85. We have a 98. Uh, I think we have 110, and our biggest one is 121 pounds. 121 right now. pounds. Now we have a guy up north buying right now, and he's. I told him to buy the biggest one, so. We this might could actually, change. It could be could change. Yeah. He, hey, and if it does, I promise to the audience that I will update them with any updated <laughs> weights. Yeah. I'll weigh myself with he, it if I have to. Yeah. Mark was like, "Are you sure we want to spend that much money?" I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> buy it. I don't give. I don't care. Yeah. Buy it." Oh, that's amazing. All right. Well, we'll see because I'm on the quest this year for the world's largest pumpkin. Well, I don't think we're gonna have the world's largest, but we're gonna find a big one today. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. This is my first big bit of event coverage for the show. It's really exciting for me because I told all of you that I wanted to find the biggest pumpkins in the world, and I think I got damn near close. Like, pumpkins over 1,800 pounds? That is insane. If you head over to our social pages, you should see some pictures of them, as well as a little video of me eyeballing my new girlfriend, the world's largest pumpkin pie. I believe in miracles. Where are you from? You sexy thing. Well, I'll tell you where they're from. The Circleville Pumpkin Show. You know, I, I was thinking about this while I was there this week. I really can't believe that channels like the Travel Channel and the Food Network and all those other people have glossed over this like legitimately incredible of show. They call it a show. I feel like it's a fair or festival. Whatever. I'm not in charge of their branding. And I... You know, I've watched all kinds of fair food shows. I have traveled to some of the big ones around the country. And for my money, Circleville really kills it, especially because they pretty rigidly adhere to their theme, which is pumpkins. Perfect. So what did I do? I got in all of my cool Jungle Gyms attire, which is something I normally don't wear here, but I love to do it when I'm off site. And I made my way up to the show. But first, let me crib a little info from the uh, press release here to get you all caught up to speed on the show itself so we're all on the same page. So, the Circleville Pumpkin Show is one of the country's largest and oldest festivals. Oh, see, they called it a festival here. Ah, I'm not such a jerk after all. But this year, 2021, marks the 114th Circleville Pumpkin Show, which is always held in the penultimate week of October. And Circleville, by the way, if you're... Since I'm assuming all of you are clearly experts on the uh, uh, geography of Ohio, uh, it's located just outside of Columbus, Ohio, the state capital. So it started back in 1903 when Mayor George Haswell organized a small display in front of the neighborhood waterworks office because he was trying to provide an opportunity for farmers to come to town besides like their annual tip, trip to pay their taxes so that they could show off their produce since at the time there was no county fair. The first event was only 30 feet of table space along a dusty, unpaved road. He had a band come so that they could have a parade, and everyone came to see the biggest pumpkin and to see what else their neighbors had been growing. Now, the show has grown 
to over nine full city blocks, and it's still dedicated to promoting agriculture and local business. Now, I'm sure you're seeing the connection here between this kind of event and a place like Jungle Gyms, right? Built from the ground up, baby, all around produce. So now the show has got more than 100,000 pounds of pumpkins, squash, gourds. The show itself attracts over 400,000 visitors from all over the country to this small town that's normally only about 13,000 people to see. Giant pumpkins, parades, entertainment, and sample all the pumpkin-flavored treats, including the 60-plus-year tradition from Lindsay's Bakery and my new girlfriend, where they make the world's largest pumpkin pie. Last year's, well, I say last year, they didn't have it in 2020, it's 2019, but it was over 400 pounds of pumpkin pie and stretched over six feet in diameter. They bake it for six hours, they let it cool for six hours, then they let me smile at it for six hours. That's the secret ingredient. They call it the greatest free show on earth, and you know what? I think they might be right. Just to give you an idea of what we're talking about here, and I did not list all these, but I'm gonna list off some of the pumpkin delicacies. Now, I'm not gonna say pumpkin each time before each treat, but know that every single thing I say has a prefix of the word pumpkin in it that I'm just not saying. So we're talking caramel corn, Buckeyes, which we learned about on the show a couple weeks ago, pie, waffles, pizza, soda, or pop if you're from the Midwest, cream puffs, bread, cookies, burgers, ice cream, deep fried pie, which I thought it was interesting that they delineated the difference between the two, chili, which was my personal favorite this year, donuts, whoopie pies, seeds, coney dogs, pancakes, brownies, fudge, barbecue, taffy, dog treats, and literally there's an entire page in the press release about this. I'm not reading it all, but brilliant, right? They literally adhered to the theme. So I went up to check it out and to try to talk to some of the farmers, which admittedly didn't go as planned. It turns out that due to the competitive nature of these events, some of the farmers were not particularly willing to chant at length about their tricks and details, but I did luck out a little bit and I got to speak with both this year's winner as well as repeat competitor, John Pritchard. So John, you're up first. All right, everyone, I'm here with John Pritchard, one of our hopeful winners today. We haven't found out yet, we're pre-weigh-in. John, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thank you. John, what I wanted to ask you today, and the question I'll be asking everybody is, um, well, the fun one up first, how in the hell did you get into growing the world's largest pumpkins? Um, Well, it was a a friend of mine, um, Ted uh, Scott. Um, He was an old Korean war vet that uh, I was in American Legion with, and uh, he he was the one um, that got me into it. I... uh, I graduated from Ohio State with a degree in agronomy, and uh, kind of that was part of it. I I was always around plants, and uh, so when he said he was going to try it one time, I said, "Yeah, I'll try it." And that was back in 1998, I think it was. And um, so I grew 98, 99, and then 911 rolls around. I got pissed off, went back in the army, and served for about 10 years, and then came home. And so I uh, started growing about uh, what four years ago. This would be my fourth one. No. Yeah, four years ago. And uh, the first pumpkin I grew was 269 pounds. Wow. And now the one that I've got is estimated to be uh, 1535, but everybody thinks it's going to go heavier than that. Heavier than that so. I hope it'll go heavier than that, too. I, I, like, 
what what's the trick? I mean, are you growing? I, I've ne- I have no idea what to expect from like a farming aspect. Like, are you growing just one of these at a time, and then? Well, what I do is I, I grow three plants because um, they take so much time. You can't really grow a bunch of them. Okay, um, some some guys do. Some guys will grow eight pumpkins, but uh, what I do is I start three plants out, and then I'll get pumpkins on each one, and then I'll choose the one that's uh, growing the best, and that's the one I go with, and cut all the pumpkins off on the one plant except one. And all my eggs are in that one basket. And the other two, I just leave and I'll spray and, and, and keep them up so they don't die. And then I've got big pumpkins that I give away to friends or I sell to Gus, this uh, squash carver guy. So I love it. I just met a pumpkin carver this week from the Food Network, yep. funny enough. So a oh, lot yeah. of that happening yep. lately. Yep. Um, yeah, that supports my habit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Is there any tell for you, like, as you're growing? Like, is there, is there an easy tell to know, okay, this one's going to be 1,500 versus, say, 200 pounds? No, not really. It's it's just it, it's it's based on the genetics. You try to get the pumpkin seed that has the best genetics, but at the end of the day, um, you could have a, a dud. Um, I had one that it was a 2,517 pound pumpkin that I got the seed from, and it was completely sterile. All the flowers there there were no flowers that that were had uh, the um, the stamen or the pistil, I guess. No, the stamen. It was a stamen um, where you could actually pollinate it. So there was nothing there. So I just pulled that whole plant out. And I paid like 50 bucks for the seed, but that's, that's kind of cheap compared to what sure. some guys pay. So, yeah. So what do you do with these when you're done? Like, I mean, is it, I, I know obviously there's a lot of photo taking and all that stuff. We're all lined up here now for it, but like, yeah, what happens to these when they're, when they're done? What do you do with a pumpkin? You carve it, you carve it. Yeah, you carve it. And so what you do is you get, you get the kids and you cut open the top and, and the rinds usually 10 to 12 inches thick and you let them jump in it and go seed diving. And then you cut another hole in it, and they can slide out the other hole. So, yeah, it's fun. Uh, you know what's really weird is I had a lot of people asking me, like, ask them if they've ever been inside the oh, pumpkin. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I've got a picture. Actually, I can show it to you after this is over. I'll pull it up on my phone. But back in uh, 1999, when my son was three years old, okay, I had a pumpkin that uh, started to die. I couldn't get it to the show. And so I cut the top open and let him sit in it. And it was like sitting in one of those uh, mini uh, battery-operated cars that kids ride around in. So, yeah, it was it's fun it's fun i mean but he was all slimy afterwards and mom sure. mom didn't appreciate that too much but you know, yeah well you know that's the way i have showers you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah you live and you learn john thanks for your time i really appreciate it love that you love jungle gyms too i always think it's funny whenever i get to talk to somebody and they're like oh by the way we like they'll wait till i hit stop and i'm like leaving and they're like by the way we love jungle gyms we come out at least once a year for it so thank you i appreciate all of you who do that but also next time say it while i've got the microphone on <laughs> Now, here's a quick, maybe just a minute real fast with the winner of the show, because you can imagine everybody rushed him fast with his 1800 pound plus pumpkin. It's insane. It was literally so big. The truck bed was dipping from trailing it. I'm sure I took a picture of it. It was kind of hilarious, but definitely incredible. I don't even really know how to describe the size to you, you know, besides being like, I don't know, it was like four feet tall, but I would say more accurately, it's kind of how I imagine that I would look if I just door dashed food to myself and never left my house for three years. Anyway, it's your turn, Stephen Thornhill. Tell everyone what you've won. First off, congratulations. What was your name one more time? Stephen Thornhill. Congratulations. How long have you been doing this? Three years. This is my third year. And how have you placed prior to this? So last year, um, I placed third. And the, the year before that, I only um, I only grew a half a season. So it was only like seven. I, I didn't even place seventh, maybe. Okay. So How big was that one? 
um, the first year, yeah. uh, 754 pounds. I love that you're like only 700 something pounds. <laughs> All right, I gotta ask this question. I'm asking everybody, uh, how the hell did you start doing, like what happened in your life where you're like, you know what, I'm gonna grow one of the biggest pumpkins in the country. So coming here, so you know, I, I came here as, as a kid all the time and you know, seeing these things, you know, I just wanted to see if I could do it and be successful at it, sure. you know? Was there any any tricks to it? I mean, like, can you tell in advance that you're gonna grow a big one, or if you're like, oh, this is only gonna be like 40 pounds? So you you can tell, you know, halfway through the season if, if it's growing good or not. You know, these things, you know, you can get up upwards to, to 45, 50 pounds a day. You know, really? yeah. So if if you're not pushing big numbers like that, you know, it's not going to to compete with the big the big guys. You know. Sure. What's uh What's the goal for next year? How big are we going next year? Bigger than that. <laughs> Hopefully. Oh, that's awesome. Well, congratulations. Seriously, uh, glad so to see much. it. I look forward to seeing what you grow next year. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Awesome. Congrats again, Steven. Highly recommend this festival if you like pumpkin stuff. I loved getting to go and try all the weird stuff and see the pumpkins in action. And you know what? This, just, this is just the start of things. Imagine all the other events I'll be going to and the funny, weird questions I'll get when people really want to talk to you. No, I just thought it was kind of adorable that everyone was like, media, huh? Yeah, we're not telling you about growing these. We don't want to share because that means next year we won't get the giant check. And you know what? If I could, I'd give you all a giant check. But... You didn't tell me enough, so there we are. Now, while I was up there in uh, good old Pumpkinville, I saw some killer carvings. This probably makes a bunch of sense. I know we've probably seen that stuff on like Reddit and other social media platforms. But around the same time, I'd been watching this show on the Food Network called Outrageous Pumpkins. Now, Outrageous Pumpkins, it's like, you know, they're typically, they do those uh, holiday contests and what have you, challenges, as it were. And it featured a bunch of really, really talented artists who are carving up pumpkins in all kinds of wild designs. We're talking faces, monsters, all kinds of cool stuff. So while I was getting into the show, I get an email from our creative director, Zach, who goes, oh my God, I found this great guy carving pumpkins on this Food Network show. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm a little familiar with it. And he's like, guess what? He lives in town. So you know what that means. I almost unsuccessfully tried to find him on social media until it turns out that I knew his cousin, Ty. And hey, Ty, if you're listening, thank you so much. It's been a while. For all of you, the last time I saw Ty, we had uh, had a, a few drinks together at Dave Chappelle's house. But that's a story for another time, I suppose. You like how I'm not going to tell you that one? Cool. Well, we got to earn it. Anyway. Thanks to Ty, I got connected and invited this gentleman into the studio. We had a great interview that you're about to hear, but even cooler, he came in to carve a bunch of pumpkins for us live inside the Jungle Gym's Fairfield store. How sick is that? Like, they look insane. Again, if you jump on our social platforms, you can see a cool time-lapse video I did of him working on one of them here. So while Outrageous Pumpkins is currently over, just ended this past week, I won't spoil the end of the season for anyone who might not be caught up on their DVR. So instead, let me welcome William E. Wilson of Wicked Designs Carving and Food Network's Outrageous Pumpkins to the studio. Well, well, <laughs> that'd be amazing. I'm like, all right, tell me the truth. <laughs> uh, William, welcome to the WJGIS studio. Uh, congratulations on everything that's going on in your life right now. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course, dude. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> Well, as we were just starting to talk about, and I was like, I got to hit record before I forget to do this. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I think that you and I have in common is keeping a secret for over a year. So 
tell every what are you what are you into right now? Um, right now, uh, being on the show, uh, outrageous pumpkins. We actually filmed the year prior. Okay, so filming for the show happens in November. So kind of wrapping up a busy season and having to film and signing NDAs and everything else and really having to keep quiet on social media. Um, it's really been tough. I mean, my family knew. And uh, sure. even even now, I can't I can't really say, you know, how far. Going of course. No, 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 I totally get it. And no spoilers yeah. for the audience. Absolutely. And, and we've I mean, you're here. It's mid-October right now. We've got like what, like two or three more episodes left, right? Two, two more episodes. OK, yeah. so depending on well, this, I'll probably air this the final week of October because mm-hmm. uh, I've got a bunch of pumpkin themed content. Oh, so yeah. that would be perfect. But uh, I seriously, congratulations. That's so Thank cool. You. What a cool sounding show. So <clears throat> my big thing, I mean, like. How in the hell did this all start? Like, what did you, what were you doing before you were just like, you know what, this is what I'm doing now? Yeah. Well, I, I carve pumpkins, but it's only a seasonal thing for mm-hmm. me. What I do is, is I run and operate, I own and operate my own restoration company in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, okay. And uh, we have a lot of um, um, kind of common business, repetitive business, and I'm really honest with my, uh, with my clientele. So they know my gig in the, um, in the off season, kind of in October, right. which is unfortunate hurricane season, which is, <laughs> which is, I haven't been chasing storms lately, but, uh, <laughs> but definitely, um, just, just kind of, uh, doing it seasonally, posting my work on social media. And, um, <clears throat> I got some, I got some interest about a year ago. And funny thing was it was on Facebook and I had to click on the message yeah. and I see this message to be on last year's show. And I was I was too late, and uh, by the time I reached back out to the casting agent, she uh, was like, "I don't even work for them anymore." Oh wow! Uh, so they got back in touch with me by uh, by just posting your work on social media, and I I post the good, the bad, and the ugly. So perfect. Yeah, that's a, we like that genuine approach here. Yeah. So I think that's a good move. Yeah, that's so amazing to me. I and, and your work is incredible. I, I I'm sure I'll share some social stuff on social uh, leading up to this, of course, so people can see. But I mean, have you always been an artist? Like, with yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I've always been. I've always been a doodler. I've always been in school. I was always the best artist in my class. But you know, it, the daily grind, just making money for your family and doing that. Sometimes we don't always pick the the profession that'll help us, you know, unleash our creative outlets. And uh, I think at, at all times we're searching for that. Oh yeah. And uh, this just happened to be something that was was inexpensive at the time. Right. And it just it just kept my hands moving. So yeah, I mean it's yeah. a cool medium too. I mean, well, what were you working in prior to like pumpkins as the base? Were you like painting or just sculpting? Even you know what? I hadn't sculpted until pumpkins actually. Oh, that's awesome. So, uh, but I had done some carving on pumpkins and did some fruit garmage. I went to culinary school uh, in oh. um, in the eleventh and twelfth grade cool. at, at Scarlet Oak. So I've got a chef background, but but fell out of love with it and. I, that tends it's mm-hmm. a, it, that seems like an inter- interesting industry where yes. you either lock in for life or mm-hmm. you have an experience like yours where you're like I love this but maybe not the right way. Absolutely, like absolutely. <laughs> I had all the tools to to be good, but I just didn't have the passion. And where I looked to, I didn't just want a day job, so I wanted to something that I could excel in. And a lot of the culinary positions they lock you in, and uh, there was no kind of. You know, you're you're either the chef or the food and beverage manager, but you really take yourself out of your position. So, uh, I saw my way out early. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to the restoration company, and this is probably my own ignorance speaking here. What exactly does that mean? That's fire, water, mold damage. Oh. <clears throat> so we do insurance work. Uh, 
anytime, 24-hour kind of emergency services. So I definitely jumped out of the frying pan into the into the fire. But, Literally uh, in this case, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, but I really love, I love what we do. I get to meet people on their worst day of their lives. So a lot of times after a fire or after water, I get to immediately help. So that gives me a, a, a lot of satisfaction and uh and I live a really home family life, so I coach I coach my kids in soccer. Um, so for me to have that freedom, you know, yeah, so, that's so cool. What an interesting life you're leading, right I know, now. and I it's know, amazing. Right? And then just seeing all these articles blow up and everything. What mm-hmm. are what's one of the biggest pumpkins you've ever done? Uh, you know what? I did a pumpkin last year for. Twelve. That was twelve hundred and seven pounds. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it, I carved it at the Franklin Center in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Was, oh wow! Yeah, I carved it outside in the rain. Oh, that sounds miserable. And in the middle of carving it, <laughs> I was like, "I'm. I just need to get back to work." I, I kept thinking it was it was October 21st, and my wife checks my emails. Uh, we work together. She she works with my company, and uh, she called me crying and said, "You're on outrageous pumpkins. They cashed you." <gasps> <clears throat> and in the middle of carving, and this gig was supposed to be inside. Of course. It was supposed to be, was supposed to be a nice, easy gig. I had to move the pumpkin. They told me to clean up my mess, and it was outside in the rain. Yeah. So I had all about been defeated and given up. And, and before, I didn't want to carve it. And uh, I got into it. And that's just to say, like, man, sometimes, you know, things don't come in time. You know, they, they don't come in time. They come with time. So Yeah, it sounds like. Well, you get that little, you know, it's funny. I I talk often as a creative myself, right? Mm -hmm. I talk often on here about how like we all kind of need that push in the right way. And you never know where it's going to come from, right? It could be as simple as somebody just being like, hey, I I really appreciate what you're doing. And if you're not Mm -hmm. feeling it, like I am. So keep at it. So I love hearing that, especially to say, I can't even, that just sounds miserable. Like, like, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to sit here. And that's always the gig too, right? Mm -hmm. Where they're just like. Hey, it's going to be great. There's going to be air conditioning. I have access to like food and water. They're just like, just kidding. We've never seen yeah. any of those things. We don't have restrooms here. Yeah. Oh, that's the day crusher. You, you have, a, you have, you project what the day is going to be like and your own expectations kind of make, make everything kind of fail. And, and in those moments, man, I just kind of got, try to go back to why am I doing it? You know, take the feelings out of it because if, if you're carving a pumpkin, I mean, it's easy to be on top of a 1,200-pound pumpkin right. as a grown man thinking, is it, it, are my underwear showing? Right. There are little kids out here. Um, you know, just you're sloppy, you're covered, in, 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 just to think, who am I doing this for? And, and, and if you love it, you know, that question is always answered with, with you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's very clear you have a passion and love for what Thank you're you. doing, and I'm yeah. I'm assuming that does re- truly translate to all aspects of your mm-hmm. life. I think that's really great. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, I'm trying to think of any other horror stories from the carving game. Now I'm just like, oh, oh what man. other awful things have you had to deal with? Man, there's there's been a lot. <laughs> there's been a lot. Uh, but um, I have a pretty. It's in the commercial. I have a pretty nasty fall on the show. So oh really? Yeah. Okay. Well, and that was something I wanted to bring up at some point. And, you know, I've, I've talked a lot. I've been working as a commercial actor for like the last decade and I've done uh-huh. some cool projects, but I haven't been in the scenario you're in now. So mm-hmm. what was that like for you for the first time going on like a big, I mean, a uh, Food Network set's going to be nuts. Yeah. We filmed in, uh, we filmed in November, so it was a little cold and it's all outside. So oh, okay. uh, we got the schedule and you only know how far you go till you go and, right. um, just meeting everybody, like your confidence is your confidence is depleting at every moment. You, <laughs> you run into your legends down in the lobby when you see your competitors, and you're just like, "Oh, it's gonna rain today." Oh, okay, yeah, exciting. And then three cameras get on you, 
and they're like, don't mind us. Just do what you're going to do. Yeah. And you're like, I froze. The first car, if I just, I could barely make out. I, I was so worried about what I was doing and who was looking at me. And, uh, right. And and it took me a whole day to get it together. So I'm sure I mean, yeah. that's got to be, and it's not something I'm sure that you're used to having mm-hmm. people watching what you're doing intently. Yeah. yeah, it was, uh, it was, and then I got out of my own head, and I just so well, who you see on there? That's me. We joke around a lot. Um, we the cast, uh, everybody on the cast got to got along extremely well, and we filmed during COVID, so there wasn't a lot of face to face time, but we all rode on the bus together. Um, back to the hotel and to the farm, and uh, it, it it was such a closeness. We were sharing tools. Um, it just didn't feel like a competition. We were only at at odds with the time. Right. And everybody always asked me, "Do you really have a time limit?" Yes. You. I mean, if you shoot off to go to the bathroom, that's on your time. Right. So yeah, All, a lot of diapers on this set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the clock is ticking. I bet. Uh, and if I'm allowed to ask. What, what is the time frame that they give you to work with for oh, the a time frame? F- the first car you see, mm-hmm. it's a quick challenge and it's a three hour competition. Okay. So there's a lot of leading up to that. So you're really kind of in a good mood when that, when that happens, but then there's a six hour challenge and we had lighting and everything else was a challenge for us being, being outside. Excuse me. And, uh, we had to get it er- like there was, you know, we, we were used to on the quick carps coming in, kind of eating breakfast, but it was like off the bus, take a COVID test, get out there and carve. And uh, right. Yeah, it was the six hours and it, it flew by. I'm sure. But you're on set for like 16 hours, you know, yep. waiting for everybody to. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. my that's my favorite part of the gig, actually. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, and so I'm usually working on just like the the talent side where they're not expecting me to do much besides like talk professionally. Mm-hmm. And I always love it because I'm just like, oh, yes, you can pay me for eight hours of which I'm working 45 minutes today Absolutely. or something like that. But on this, I just imagine it's like, oh, it's got to be grueling there, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It was grueling. We were prepared. I, I'm always prepared for outside. And, and it's still the toughest thing I've ever done. I I, since I've been back, I lost like. 28 pounds. I mean, I, in, in hopes that if I ever have to do something like this again, I'll, I'll be prepared for it. But it was grueling. I love it. It was grueling. What's like an average carve time on a pumpkin for you, for example? You and know, I know it changes, but it's a probably yeah. kind of a dumb question, but <clears throat> since you know, pumpkins and, are different. Yeah, but that is, that's a great question because uh, to the average person, you'll look on, online and you'll see these pumpkins and these great works and you're like, wow. And you really don't have... Uh, a guideline for that, okay? Because some people can do a pumpkin, can start a pumpkin on Monday, mm-hmm. wrap it, put it in the refrigerator, and finish it on Friday, and then mark it up and everything. So yeah. what I've been doing is I've doing, been doing a lot of live demos, so I only have about an hour to an hour and a half. So you oh, really wow. get to, and I still post those carves, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I figure if it's something that I'm creating, you know, I'll share it, I, and I don't get caught up into who's best in, in that. But... uh but you, you can, some, some of the stuff you see has got 20 hours in it. But wow. some of my stuff, a lot of my stuff, I cut it off at about four hours. Okay. So, so that sounds like a pretty yeah. good amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I can't even imagine. Until I, you have to have like four of them done for the morning. And <laughs> you're getting on. You're like, oh, great. 16 hours it is now. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll live through that. Yeah. I love Oh, carbon. my gosh. So long as you love it, right? Exactly. You'll be, <laughs> you'll be willing to tolerate a little bit more <laughs> than that. Wow. Are you, uh, do you have any other upcoming events or anything like that that yeah. you'll be doing this year? Yeah, absolutely. Um I'm actually headed to Westerville, Ohio tomorrow. Okay. And uh, on the way to Westerville, uh, I get to um, 
attend a master class with one of the gentlemen who helped run Outrageous Pumpkins for the Food Network. Oh, he's one of the world's best, and he's in Ohio. Okay, his name is uh, Dean Arnold. Okay, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna teach me a master class, which I which I hope is gonna get my my hands moving a little faster this year. I bet. And then I get to go to Westerville, Ohio, to do something for their big pumpkin show, but I won't be seen there. Okay, but my pumpkins will, and I'll post those. Then I'm then I come home and I fly to Branson, Missouri. Oh wow! To Silver Dollar City. Sounds and, thrilling. Yeah, for for a week, <laughs> and uh, I'll be there uh, Sunday, uh, from Monday to Sunday. So then I'll be back. I'll be back home and I'll do Kings Island, and uh, I'll do Fairfield Baptist Church. Okay, um, awesome. Yeah, I, I try. I would do if people reached out and it's a good cause. It's something that's what I think that this is for. Yeah. Uh, so li- I love doing it for the public, but I'm really not that guy. You're like, hey, I need 50 logo pumpkins. I'm like, you know, if I'm carving something I love, I, I don't mind. Right. But if if I'm carving something that I have to carve, it makes it kind of. Oh, yeah. It's like any other artist. I always feel bad yeah. whenever I always love commissioning art from artists. And they'll be like, commissions are open. And I'm like, are you sure about that? Because yeah. I know, too, it's the same thing where it's like I want to constantly create. But there's definitely that yeah. disconnect. And it's. Yeah. Maybe this is my chance to get on the soapbox again. I'm like, hey, everyone, be w- aware of this when you're reaching out to artists and creators, yes, you know? Absolutely. We'll still do it, but if you yeah. really capture our spirit and then mm-hmm. manipulate that into what you're doing, yeah, it's really about manipulating us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I hate to say no to anyone. Right. Um, you know, and, and it's like, yeah, look, some of these pumpkins can take four hours, and it's like, uh, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how I would quantify you know, put that into time because being a business owner, I really do quantify my hours according to my, my salary. So uh, doing it for the pumpkins, I get I kind of get lost in the in the money versus, you know, that's, a t- again, another tough end of the passion meeting up with. Mm-hmm. It's a weird life sometimes, yeah. but in the best yeah. way. I'm yeah. so excited to see how the show plays out. Oh, man, it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it was the best experience I ever had. Shouts out to Turn Card Production. They are a phenomenal production staff. They were in the middle of COVID, so I couldn't tell you what any of them looked like. But uh, <laughs> my producer, Melissa Miller, and they were just a, a fabulous. They were, they were, I believe, a 60% female. And they, it, was just, uh, it was just an awesome feel. Like, I couldn't compare it to anything, but it was, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. I'm so, so glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I meant to ask, did they shoot it locally? Or I'm assuming it was out of town. Yeah, it was in Virginia. Oh, cool. I, in November, I drove to uh, Athens, Virginia, and they filmed it on a farm. They just took over a farm, <laughs> and uh, in, the middle of, in the middle of shooting, um, we're standing there, and the owner of the farm was, was walking behind us. And uh, Allison Hannigan goes, uh, excuse me, sir, could you go home? And I'm like, is she talking to me? Yeah, right. And we all looked over the shoulder, and it was the homeowner. He was, he was hiding behind a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so sorry for You're like, her. you're getting in the shot, sir. Yeah. There were yeah. like 80 people like, get out of here. That's amazing, actually. Yeah. I, I, I mean, if it were my farm, I'd probably honestly be that same they person. Were the, they were the most awesome family. They acted like we were rock stars. We really got a kick out of it. Oh, yeah. They wanted pictures and everything. They were such a gracious family for us being on their farm. Yeah. So, yeah. What's the prize if you win? The prize is $25,000 and Ooh. a championship belt. Oh, yeah, they like went a, all out. Yeah, all out. It's They're not doing that on Chopped. No, no. I think it's still 10000 
That's still, I mean, that's yeah. amazing, that well. I know. I hope that's yours. Yeah. I mean, and I can't wait for you to be able to tell us if it is your You know what? I filmed this so long ago, long ago, I don't even remember. <laughs> so that's what I tell my wife, so. Yeah, smart. I'll be surprised. If you're surprised, I'll be surprised on the. I love it. No, well, <laughs> we'll have to come back and do a screening. That's amazing. I would love to. I'd love yeah, to. that would actually be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for your time today, William. I really yeah. appreciate it. Anytime, anytime. Is there anywhere you'd like people to follow you online to follow your artwork? Uh, yeah, if you can go to Instagram at William Wilson, and that's a underscore under William, uh, underscore under William to Wilson. And uh, I own uh, a carving company now we started up. It's, it's called Wicked Designs with a Z. Okay. And I have a page on Facebook, Wicked Designs on Facebook. Beautiful. I'm not good with the social media yet. All good. You'll get there. That's like, it, <laughs> yeah. like you figure out the art, the rest of us will do yeah. the other parts for yeah. you. That's so cool. Well, congratulations on your success. I look forward to it. And I look forward to seeing your pumpkins. I'm hoping I'll cross paths with a few of them. Absolutely. I'll have to do something for the show. Oh, my gosh. That would be so cool. You have no idea. We'll we'll, we'll collaborate on something. Okay. Sounds good. I'll knock it out. That's awesome. Thanks Mm -hmm. so much, William. I appreciate it. it. I love it. You know, one of my favorite parts of the gig is getting to meet really interesting people and getting to meet really kind people. And it's lovely to hear someone that's like had success on a national scale come in and be like, yeah, I'm just like a regular dude. I love my community. I love my town. I love independent businesses. Let's do my thing, you know? So seriously, William, if you're listening to this, and I feel like you are, and Food Network as well, what a genuinely kind person. I wish you the most success in the future. I hope we get to do some more work together. And actually, Food Network, if you're listening, call me. I want to host one of your shows. It's going to be amazing. You'll love me. I'm incredibly charming, even more so than you are rolling your eyes at right now. Well, hey, everyone. I wanted to keep it a little short this week since we're doing uh, all the pumpkin theming in. Like I said, I got a little surprise for you this weekend, so I want to do spread it out. You know, we're all about fun and interesting stuff here, and I think you'll enjoy the little uh, secret. So make sure you're subscribed to the show because I'll drop you all a little surprise sometime over the weekend. <laughs> another great episode of the Jungle Gyms podcast. You know, this is another chance for you to send me a juicy little review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. I don't want to discriminate, but apparently the world runs on Apple. It's not Duncan. It's, that was a lie, actually. It's a marketing play. It runs on Apple Podcasts and reviews in particular. As always, I want to thank you all so much for listening to the show. I love hearing from you in emails. Let me know what you thought of today. You know, I know it was a little change by not really doing a bunch of stuff inside the jungle, but I think in the future I want to come spread the... Uh, the jungle love around, as it were, all over the world. That's my plan long-term for the show. So every time I get to test this out, it'd be really cool if you all let me know what you thought of it because I would love to let all of my coworkers know, hey, they actually enjoyed this. So I know you love the behind-the-scenes stuff, so do I. But I also really love holidays. And you know what? I got the microphone, so I'm going to tell you about the things I love. That's how these shows work, right? Well, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for the reviews. Thanks for engaging with me. I'm having a great time. I want to have a great time with all of you. And we're just gonna we're just gonna keep doing that. Okay? If you're in, I'm in too. It's gonna be great. So on that, I'll see you out in the aisles. The Jungle Gyms Podcast is recorded in the WJJI studio inside Jungle Gyms International Market in Fairfield, Ohio. The Jungle Gyms Podcast is produced and hosted by Mark Borison.